Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Listen, welcome to Queen City Biker Church. We are honored to have you this morning. We feel good. We're excited. We are motivated. We are just glad to be with you, man. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, you woke us up this morning. I like to always say you woke us up to serve you. But man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of females traveling across this country. Uh, they came to the North Carolina, our female ride allowed them to return home safely. You know, I was hit and miss up there. It seemed like they had a great time, an awesome time. We want to say thank you for allowing Charlotte to be the host, uh, to be preparations, to just show them the love that we always show people when they come to our town. Man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the father of Abraham, the father of David, the father who uh, blessed by allowing his son to come to the earth to train 12 men. Uh, and we've learned so much from those ordinary men that you trained up to be the church, to be the next apostles, to be the disciples, to be the ones that we would base what the church looks like after. We thank you so much for giving us that blessing. Continue once again, God. I don't say this enough. Continue to go through the hospitals, touch the doctors, the nurses, the, the janitors, the cooking staff, but more importantly, touch those patients. Touch those patients that know you and don't know you. Give them a miracle. Give them a story to tell. And we know that we don't know the reason and why, but even those that you call home, allow them to somehow dedicate their life or rededicate their life to you, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, before they are called home. We do know that there's a heaven and a hell. And it's always our wish that everybody goes to heaven, but God, we know that's not possible. So we're asking you to continue to just bless, strengthen Queen City Biker Church, take us in ways we have no idea that we was going in that way, but take us there. Our hands has reached out to you, God. And for this, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we want to say amen, amen, amen. Well, wow, good morning. Seems like it's been a minute since I've been here because I've been busy. But I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great time. We are living good. We are fellowshipping. We are honored to be part of y'all. Give me two seconds. All right, we back. You know how that technical difficulty thing happened. But listen, if God lays it on your heart, we like to say please support Queen City Biker Church by going to our cash app, capital letter QCBCCLT. Please support us. We need it. Uh, we trying to uh, move into our new building, which, you know, we're not close to yet because we're trying to find a building. Charlotte is a hard market. We might end up in Concord or Gastonia somewhere. We don't even know. But pray for us as we do that. Continue to uh, listen to the podcast. We thank you. Hey, get ready for the YouTube channel right now. I'm just putting the Sunday and Wednesday thing on the uh, YouTube channel. And continue to support Motorcycle Entertainment Television. Uh, I think they celebrating their one-year anniversary. We are honored to be part of that. We have been part of them since the beginning. And they are allowing us to still be on there. So that means we're doing something right, <laughs> you know, and that means, and I do know y'all watching us on Motorcycle Entertainment too. Don't know the numbers, but you're at least watching us this. So I thank you guys, man. You just don't know. I thank you guys. But listen, Wednesday, please join us Wednesday for Straight Talk with the Q. You know, Straight Talk with the Q actually came from uh, the Bikers in the Bible. Uh, well, we were just simply taking the Bible 
and the bike reel, putting them together, the bike reel and about. Then a particular real close friend of mine who happens to be a biker reached out to me. I don't, I don't even remember what the original name was that we called it, but he said, hey man, you just need to, he said, it's a generic name, you hear it a lot, but you just need to call it Straight Talk with the Q. I discussed it with some people, I prayed on it, and it just rung like a bell, and so many of y'all loving it. But our topic Wednesday comes from you guys. Now, I know some of y'all are going to say, man, I reached out to you a long time ago to actually talk about this. But I have to study the word to come up with what y'all asked me to talk about. You know, I try to balance, I try to balance the two together. So Wednesday at Straight Talk with the Cute, I'm probably going to go live Monday and Tuesday with this. We're going to be talking about being disrespectful. And what that means is a lot of y'all are in organizations that you passionately love with everything that you got. But there's always that one brother, that one sister, that every time they see you, they disrespect you. Well, we're going to talk about that Wednesday. We're going to talk about being disrespectful in an organization that you love. You may be a school teacher. And, you know, on the weekends, you know, you, you're a sexy lady. You want to dress sexy, dress nice. And you got that one club. So I wouldn't let my kids, when they get drunk, I wouldn't let my kids go to your class for nothing. Look at you, got all your breath. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have some fun about that. But we're going to talk about a lot of different things. But I wanted to, oh, I, I normally don't tell y'all what I'm going to talk about. But I wanted to go into this because. I've been asked to talk about this quite a few times. And even myself, I'm a pastor, but I'm used to it. You know, us pastors used to people, I'm used to people disrespecting me for other things pastors do, and they put us all in a box. So that don't even bother me. I mean, it's like, you know, and most pastors, unless they knew, that don't even phase them. Y'all, man, I know you out there stealing money. Man, I know you out there sleeping with me. Man, I know you out there. We don't even care no more. We honestly don't. You can have fun with me all day. Matter of fact, I laugh at a lot of that because I can bring it into my sermon because that's the way y'all feel and think about church, and I'm trying to change that. So I welcome that type of criticism. But I welcome it more because I know I'm not none of the things that y'all done put me in that box. So eventually when you put me in that box, you're going to have to take me out of that box. And so many of y'all done done that. Oh, man, you you real. I enjoy you. I like you, man. I, you know, I see things differently. You, and you be the very one that talked about me a year ago. Now you take me out of that box. But listen, today's topic is choose the right man to lead you. Now I know right there a lot of y'all thinking we finna talk romance. We finna have a couples conference moment. But we're not. <laughs> and, and when I and when this topic, you, you gotta remember my topics, especially on Sundays, come out of the verses that I use. So when I was reading it and I saw that, I just bust out laughing. I said, I know immediately people are gonna think all the women are gonna be like calling all the girls, listen to him. He's gonna be teaching us how to choose the right man. No, we're talking about Jesus. <laughs> okay. We are simply, and I've been laughing at this, y'all don't know for about all week I've been laughing at this. To myself in my studies, because I just knew. Choose the right man to lead you. Now, the biggest question is, who is leading you? I mean, in this thing we call life, who is leading? And I get that, that Jesus Christ accepts you himself. But let's be honest. There is a pastor, male or female. There is a chaplain. There is a deacon. There is a trustee. There is a friend, there is a husband, there is a wife, there is a cousin, a brother, a sister. Somebody is helping bring you to Christ. Somebody is actually helping lead you 
in that direction. You getting up, you're going to church every Sunday, you're now watching churches every Sunday. You are gravitating to someone that's helping open the door to the kingdom of God for you. Not on your own, you're building a private relationship because at ultimately that's what it's about. I'm just a helpmate to Jesus Christ to help open up the door for you to find your way to the kingdom of God. That's all I am. I'm just Jesus helper. I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm like a disciple because I'm so beneath the disciples, but I am a disciple of God. I am simply a servant of God. I, my role and responsibility <laughs> is to simply serve God. I had to laugh. Y'all know I lose my place every now and again. But that's my role. It's really that simple. You know, I, I, I say this uh, uh, when I talk to pastors. Another day, I was talking to one of the guys I'm mentoring, Queen City Biker Church down there in Columbia, Pastor Marlon. I simply said to him, there's a lot of things that fall off the tree of pastor, but our only most important job is to feed the flock about the Christ. That's it. We can go out there and feed the homeless. That's it. We can go out there and have back school drive. That's it. We can bring in doctors and nurses and talking about health stuff at the church. All that is great, but none of that is your job. It's not. It makes pastors mad to hear that. You got one simple job. And that's to feed the flock about the Christ. And your example of that is the 12 ordinary men, the disciples. That's your responsibility. And we get lost in that because the world wants to tell the church what to be. But God done told you what to be. God done told you to be a gateway to the kingdom of heaven. We are on earth, our gateway to the kingdom. Yeah, I'm going to say it's through a church. Now, I get some of y'all say, but, but you can just have a relationship. Yes, you can. But God wants you to help his church. He wants you to strengthen his church. He wants you to build up his church because while the pastor's only job is to feed the flock about the Christ, he got these things called disciples. Most churches got 12 of them. Some churches got 14. Some churches got three. Some churches got seven. They try to make it biblically, but then that's where the kingdom building outside the church go. Yeah, y'all deacons think y'all only job is to be demon deacons and to rip down y'all pastor. No, you have a role of responsibility. You deacon, you're over our family, friends, and front day. You deacon, you're over our back school drive. You deacon, you're over our adult choirs and all our concerts that we have. You deacon, you're over the couples ministry, whether you're doing it or a point or no. See, that's the delegation that we're supposed to have. So when we say choose the right man to lead you, are you choosing an egotistic man who think they're supposed to do everything? Or are you choosing a, a come on now. We need to know. And you know on Sunday mornings we expository verse by verse. We're in the book of Acts chapter 15. We're looking at verses 23 through 29. I almost wanted to do 29 separately. We're going to be here a minute today. I know I'm normally 20 to 30 minutes. I'm sorry we're going to be here about 40 minutes today, maybe 45. I'm trying to talk fast because I know this is going to take a little time. So y'all work with me. Y'all bear with me. 
Matter of fact, get on your motorcycles, crank it up, listen to what we find to say to me. Hold, get life behind bars, and let's ride this here Sunday journey out together. Choose the right man to lead you. We simply talking about choosing the right place, choosing uh, a place that can help you go towards the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Because one day all of us going to be laying flat and everybody going to be walking past looking at us and a preacher going to get up there and they're going to preach you to heaven. A lot of times that preacher has no idea who he's preaching about, who he's preaching to. And let the truth be told, all we preaching to is a flesh that God did not want because your soul at that particular moment that we had, because you know in the black church, y'all be dead three weeks before we put you in the ground. <laughs> Just being honest. Y'all be, it'd be a month later for we, cause we got to get auntie, uh, cousin June. We got to get all these people cross country to get here. So instead of us celebrating your life, we got to celebrate everybody else's life to get to celebrate your life. So, but what we don't realize is, well, we do realize that if you don't realize it, realize it now. By the time we have your fruit, God done already chose which direction you go in. What does Paul say? Upon death, your, your soul descends as sin. He says, in other words, you either go to heaven or you go to hell right there. As soon as you die, Jesus is right there waiting on you to say, listen, a job well done. There's the pearly gate or Satan. Here he is. Can't his butt to hell. We got to say that boldly because a lot of y'all don't realize you so close to hell. Satan sniffing you every time you move. And a lot of y'all, listen, can I say this? A lot of y'all going to spend your whole life in church and die and go to hell. That whole church is being preached to hell. I'm sorry to say that, but it's the truth. It's in the book of Revelations. Jesus say what? As a church, you done good. As a church, you streamed and shout. You praised. You done all that. But he said it was not enough. You still going to hell. So we got to say that because a lot of y'all choosing a church that you leading, you following, you volunteering, you celebrating to spend your whole life in church to say, welcome, Satan. How did I get here? And Satan going to say, hey, you stayed at that church knowing everything was wrong. Matter of fact, you was part of the problem. You was part of the issue. But we can change that, can't we? I mean, think about that. Social media doesn't change that. Because so many of y'all now who really didn't use social media for church have started using social media for churches. See, can I say this? I know down there in Columbia, like, they like to say Queen City Bike. But here we don't say Queen City Bike Church is shop. We just simply say Queen City Bike Church. Because this church here, yes, we have a foundation, a home, but this ain't our home. My home is in Las Vegas, Los Angeles. My home is in Houston, Dallas. My home is in Pennsylvania, New York. I don't care. This church belongs to every city, county, state out there. You know why? Because we can come to it. We go to it with a smile on our face. So I don't want to be confined to a location where you, where, where, where you think you got to come. I can come to you just as quick. Please understand, our church is mobile on wheels. We love it. We having a great time doing it. We ain't doing it enough. But get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because it's about to get on and popping and cracking in verse 23 and 24. It simply just said, they wrote this letter for them to deliver from the apostles, the spiritual leaders, your brothers, to their non-Jewish brothers and sisters in Antioch, Syria, and Sicily. 
Dear brothers and sisters, verse 24, we have heard that some individuals who came from us have confused you with statements that disturb you. We did not authorize these men to speak. Let me say something right now. If, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Everybody that's called to speak the words of God is simply called by God. There's a whole lot of preachers. God ain't got, I'm going to say it, there's a lot of PKs. God ain't got nothing to do with you preaching. You was just told, oh, you're going to be a great preacher. Some of y'all can pray Satan to fear. Just because you can pray good don't mean God called you to preach. And that's what they're saying. Yeah, we know these brothers. Yeah, they walk with Jesus. But please understand, we didn't authorize them to speak. No, sir, we did not. We had no idea they was going to be speaking. So they wrote this in a letter. Listen. How do you say this? A lot of people simply just call them sick. Let's be honest. Being a preacher is glamorous. Let's be real. I'm not experiencing it, but you're almost like a celebrity. I mean, let's be honest. Some people call themselves, you know why? Because they saw the money, they saw the women, they saw the attention that they never had. But you know what? They never saw, they never saw God, nothing that they did. I'm going to tell you, i give you a prime example uh, how somebody, and I'm going to get real up close and personal if y'all don't mind. I can tell you how somebody who did not know, who was not called by God. Okay, prime example. We are a biker church. I was ordained a senior pastor to be the senior pastor by Dr. Philip Pettis to start Queen City Biker Church. To be, we have been a biker church since the beginning. We have. That's, that's what the Alliance of God made us. That's what the Alliance of God, and that's who Queen City Biker Church is. That's what they made us. But some of y'all going to a church, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, where your pastor done been a church 20 years. He hung around Pastor E or he hung around Pastor Nate or somebody else who's, who's embedded in this bike life and they see what we doing. They church never done it. Now they want to tell the biggest Satan devilish lie they get to. We a biker friendly church. When did you become that? You've been a Baptist church all your life. You've been coached since you've been in existence. You took over this church. This church older than you. But now we a biker friendly church. You know why? Because you see the hard work we doing and you want to embed your position in that thinking that you're going to get the same fruits that you get when all the time while you're trying to be a super biker, your church is deteriorating. Because God is saying, uh-uh, that ain't what you're supposed to be. I already anointed some men to do that. See, I don't anoint it. I can't be a cowboy church, but there's cowboy churches out there. You see what I'm saying? I cannot be. I can't even try. Or I can put on my cowboy boots. I got some nice ones. I can, I can stomp some feet and all that good stuff. But that's just me having fun. I cannot do what that pastor is called to do. Sometimes you got to understand, some of y'all are simply just called because you lead people to what? Christ. You are, I can't go to a Baptist church. I want to. I would like to. But God didn't call me there. I'm not Catholic. I'm going to be honest with you, as a man, I couldn't be Catholic no way. Too many nuns running around. They'd have been kicked me out. Me and Sister Sally done left the church building, done started our own church. She was cute and I was cool. 
But I say that <laughs> even though it's a joke, but that's what I'm getting at here. Be who God called you to be. Some of y'all are just deacons. <laughs> You're not a pastor. God really called you to be a deacon. You called yourself to be a pastor. You struggling to be a church because now a lot of people say, and I get this. I, look, I get this. Man, I like seeing you do this. You did. Look, I'm at home. I'm at home. So I'm at home. I'm I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I do. I love doing what I do. I don't have to. And this is the greatest thing about me. I don't have to sacrifice the church for me being a biker. Some of y'all got to sacrifice your church for being a biker. And what I mean by that is you ain't having church on Sundays because you're trying to be a biker. God called you to have church on Sundays, but instead of you being at your church on Sundays, you want to be cool. You probably got a little stupid YouTube channel, whatever you got. So you want to be cool. You want to be popular. So you can't get the volunteers you normally get. So you need to be out there with bikers so you can get the volunteers to finally do something. So what you done done to your church is said to hell with you because I'm going to send y'all to hell while I go out here and pimp these people. Because that's what you're doing. You pimping the bike community to be something that you want, not something that God called you. It hurts, don't it? I know. I don't hear happy. Listen, one of the hardest things I had to hear one time, and I talked about this a long time ago, and that's when a, a, a guy called me, and I know him, and he watched us one Sunday, this was a couple of years ago, and he said to me, I don't even know who I'm watching. I don't like what I'm seeing. If I want to listen to or watch or come to a regular church, that's what I do. He said, but dog, he didn't call me by my name. He said, dog, I watch you because I relate to you because you just like me. If I want T.D. Jakes, I go to T.D. Jakes. But I come to you because I know your message is going to regulate to who I am as a biker who loves this community. I'm on the road sometime on Sundays and I switch over to you and I got you coming through my headset. But lately I've been, and you know what? He was right. Because I was hanging around regular pastors and I was trying to be like them. And I realized through him, yes, using profanity, cussing me out. That was not who I was. And I had to take a step back because I had to realize everybody, including me, I'm that everybody ain't called to be in certain situations. Second John two, second John 10 and 11, second John 10 and 11 simply just said, if anyone comes to you and doesn't bring these teachers, don't take him into your home or even greet them. Whoever greets him shares the evil things he is doing. See what I'm saying? He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church. Some of y'all going to church with everything about that church. He said, look, he's bringing the teaching. He's teaching it. He even going to greet you. He said, well, uh, stop right there. Don't bring him into your home. In other words, what he's saying, that word that you just glorified, don't bring that word into your home because now you're going to pollute your whole home. 
Now, everything that you think you learned at this church, that's why I said you can be preached to hell. Now, let's just say you're a husband. You go to church, you come home, you tell your kids what happened, you tell your wife what happened, you talk to the dog, the goldfish, all that's going to hell. And God said, listen, 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 listen. Whoever greets that evil person, that's why, he, that's why some of us go to church. Some of y'all at a church where the whole front row the pastor sleeping with. Why are you there? You know that's wrong. You know that's wrong. But you stand there because it's glamorous. You've been preached to hell. Some of y'all at a church where every time the church have a clothes drive, you see all the clothes you dedicated on the kids. See, your kids done got grown, done left for college, joined the military. So you're trying to give yourself a, 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 a spare room or whatever. So you donate all the clothes they used to. But you go to church and you see the pastor's kid. He, you, you gave them clothes to give to the homeless, but the pastor and his family picking what they want. You dedicating food to feed the homeless and the pastor and his family looking at the expiration date, taking the food that they want for themselves and then giving the other stuff, the old stuff to the homeless. You didn't sign up for that. That's what he's saying when you greet those who are evil. Come on, somebody. Let's move on. Galatians 1 and 7. Galatians 1 and 7 said, but the same people who are calling good news is not really good news at all. Galatians 1 and 7. Don't y'all just love how the Bible just breaks it down? I'm just verse by verse. I'm just doing it. And by, by me being verse by verse, I got to study a little. I'm telling you, it racks my brain for Sunday. I can do Wednesday because Wednesday is light. Galatians 1 and 7. But what some people are calling good news is really not good news at all. They are confusing you. They want to distract the good news about Christ. Come on, somebody. What's he talking about? An ego. That's what he's talking about, an ego. Somebody who, who think they more. Listen, look, look. I've been wearing Holly shirts since the day we started church. You can go way back to the first Sunday I stood up. I think I had on my traditional black and orange Holly shirt. I ain't. Now, once a year. I used to do it once a year. I would wear a robe just so, you know, everybody can really see me being a pastor. And I do that every now and again. But I've been wearing jeans, sneakers, and boots, and a Holly shirt since day one. Never wore nothing different. I don't think I've ever worn a suit on a Sunday morning. I got to look back. I don't think I've ever done it. I got some suits. Because when y'all say, Pastor, will you marry me? I'm going to say I got one of three colors, black, brown, you know what I'm saying? But more likely I wear a robe because under that robe I got on jeans and, and, and a shirt. Well, normally I wear my collar under the robe. That way when I take the robe off, people still recognize me. But I'm just saying, this, the way you see me now, I have been since day one. The only difference is on Wednesdays, I now wear a T-shirt. Because a lot of y'all done gave me t-shirts and I done bought t-shirts. And it's just my way to say I love you by wearing the t-shirt that you done gave me. But on Sunday mornings, since the day I've been preaching, since the day that Dr. Philip Pettis laid his hands on me, along with Jeff Davis and a whole bunch of other pastors, I've been wearing a Holly Davidson button-down shirt. Which means, yes, I have over 52 <laughs> Because somebody made it to my city. I ain't never seen you wear the shirt, same shirt twice. Yeah, you probably have it. But this is my suit. 
Some of y'all been going to a church where y'all pastor was one of the smoothest dresses you ever seen. Woo, nice suits. He was, even if he didn't wear a suit, he wore nice, you know, shirts and collars and robes and all that. But he hung around Pastor E. Now he's getting up there with jeans, tennis shoes on, and a holly shirt. That's how you know you're being preached in the wrong direction. Verse 25. So we have come to a unanimous decision that we should choose men and send them with our dear Baronimus and Paul. What I love about what they just did was not only did they send Paul and Baronimus out with a letter that the church board, the apostles approved of, they sent them witnesses also who could confirm what they did. But if, if y'all remember, the whole chapter 15 is about Paul and Baronimus simply just having questions about how to do, how to conduct, how to have church. They was already having church and somebody simply asked them a question that they kind of knew the answer, that they didn't know the answer. And on foot, got to remember, they didn't have no Teslas back then. They didn't have no Harleys back then. They didn't have no Fords back then. On foot, they went and they seeked the right guidance and counselors, not from some hypocritical church person, but from the source. In other words, some of y'all going to a hypocritical church instead of going to the source. Some of y'all ain't going to the source. Some of y'all ain't going where you can be. And I get it. I get it. I get it. The church ain't glamorous that you're going to. You're going to a church that got a nice praise and worship team. Lights, camera, action. Y'all know the story of Lot. You know the story? You know what happened? We'll get there one day. We're not going to go there today. But I just figured I'd throw that out there for those of you who know the story. It all came down. That lights, camera, glory, and action, sometimes it could crumble down. There is some churches that I personally know they may not be biker churches. They're not even trying to be biker church. They don't even want to be a biker church. But they're a church you can be comfortable in. I know my boy, Pastor Rodney Barnes. I know he's working hard. I know my boy, Nate Session. I know he's working hard. I know Dale Turner. He's working hard. I know Noel Johnson. He's working hard. I know Gregory Malloy. He's working hard. See, there's others, but I know these guys. I know they're working hard. I know they're building a foundation. I know they love what they're doing. Yeah, they might not have the lights, camera, action, but they have a home for you. See, there's a difference. They have a place that you can call home. And if you go to those churches along with Queen City Biker Church of Columbia or Queen City Biker Church here, guess what? You can bring all that that you used to to that church because maybe those pastors need help. So instead of you thinking they don't have what they need for now, that church you at didn't have what they needed at one point. But they had people to help them build them alone. So I done gave y'all some names of some pastors of some churches that I recommend. If I didn't recommend you, I don't believe in you. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. But I know these guys pouring out their heart. I done talked to these guys. I done fellowship with these guys. I done hung with these guys. We done laughed together. We done joked. Together. I know they spirit. So why not support them? 
2 Peter 3 and 15. 2 Peter 3 and 15 simply just says, Think of the Lord's patience as an opportunity to use to be saved. This is what our dear brother Paul wrote to you about using the wisdom that God gave him. I like how Paul, I mean, Peter describes Paul. First of all, he just did what I just did to a group of brothers because I love those brothers. So Peter just really just say, look, be patient now and take this opportunity for us all to be saved. He said, because this is what our dear brother Paul wrote to you about. Using the wisdom of God, not his wisdom, not my same wisdom, because you got to think, Paul and Peter was going in the same direction. The only thing different in their life is Peter walked with Jesus. Peter slept with Jesus. Peter laughed with Jesus. Let the truth be told when we get into our series of 12 Ordinary Men, Peter was the only one that questioned Jesus. Well, a lot of y'all don't realize if you dig real deep, Peter cussed Jesus. He really did. But guess what? Jesus loved that man so much because he knew who Peter was. He never discouraged him. But he did tell him, Satan's sniffing you, so I need to help you out a little bit. In verse 26 and 27, I told you I was going to be here a minute today. I'm sorry. Verse 26 and 27 says, Barabbas and Paul have dedicated their lives to our Lord. The one named Jesus Christ, we have sent Judas and Silas to report to you on, I had to slow this down, our decision. They said, now this ain't Judas the traitor. This is another Judas and Silas that they said, go out there and help these guys with this letter that we presenting you to have tent revival all over the place. Because you got to realize, and I'm going to talk about this later. I may already have. I'm talking so much. Maybe I don't already been there, but let me keep going. 1 John 3 and 16. 1 John 3 and 16. We understand what love is when we realize that Christ gave his life for us. That means we must give our lives. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't you say that, Pastor. I know it's in the verse. That means we must give our lives for other brothers. Come on, preacher. Come on now. Let's get there. Let's, 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 let's. Look, I hate to say this, Pastor. It ain't about your life no more. When you took that oath, when, you, when them other preachers laid hands on you, you decided to die for the flock in ordinary to teach them about the greatest one that died on the cross for all of us. I know, I know. We got to move on. We got to move on. Y'all ain't want to hear that. We're going to move on. Come on. Where we at? We at verse 29. We got to get here. But can I say something? Can I say something? I need for y'all to, to, to understand something. Paul wasn't a pastor. Paul was a missionary. I'm going to repeat that. Paul wasn't a preacher. Paul was a missionary. His mission as a missionary was to teach those about the living Christ that had already hung on the cross and had already poured down his 
heart and soul and his life so that you could have abundant life. That's what Paul's role was in verse 29. It says, In verse 20, you know what? No, 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 no. Let me read this. Let me read this. I got this here. I, I don't know if I already read it or not, but I'm reading it again, and I need to read this here. John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into the full truth. He won't speak on his own. He will speak what he hears and tells you about things to come. That's all. I can get up here and give a goo-goo gaga story that I done told that I done seen. That don't mean a thing. Only thing that means something is when I read uh, John 16 and 13, when I read John 1 and 3 and 16, when I read 2 Peter 3. That's what counts. This other stuff I'm doing, it's just to help elevate that word. I just use a basic story to help lift up that word. Come with me now as we come to a close. But we're not quite close, but we're coming there. We're not there, but we're close. We're at least at verse 29. So that means we're almost there. Follow with me. Read with me. Come with me. Hang out with me. Cheer with me. Sit down. Understand. Grab a hold of where we're going with this. Here. Verse 29. By keeping away from sacrifice to false gods, from eating bloody meat, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual sins, if you avoid these things, you will be what? Doing what's right. By keeping away from food sacrifices to false gods, from eating bloody meat, from eating the meat of strangled animals, from sexual sins, if you avoid these things, you will be doing what's right. Look, I am not finna have no sex education class. This church. I may have it when we have a couples conference, but I'm not going to do that right now. But let's just be honest. Let's just talk about this here. Let's just go there. Listen, listen. I get what Jesus said. Look, we already know there are certain animals that we shouldn't eat. I ain't even got to go in there. You already know that. We already know there's certain things. We already know that even when you kill a cow, you got to what? Hang that cow up. Let the blood drain out of Let all the blood. We already know the process. We know that before we get that chicken, yeah, there's still redness in him based off of the age of that chicken, but the blood has been drained from that chicken. All of us, besides those of us who like to stay well done and raw, I have no idea why, but some of us, if we cut into our meat and we see a little blood, the first thing we do is say, mm-mm, I can't eat, just take this back. Mm-mm, I don't want this, take this back. Mm-mm, this ain't for me, take this in back. Better yet, bring me something different. Just bring me the vegetable plate, because your cook can't cook me. And I said I wanted it this way. We all know that'll happen, so we don't have to go into that. But 1 Corinthians 1 and 8. Matter of fact, stay in 1 Corinthians for a while. Because I'm going to go down, I'm going to come back up. So stay there. 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 says, Now concerning food offered to false God, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes people arrogant, but love builds them up. He just said what I just said. Look, you know what the difference is, what you're eating. You know if what you're eating is purified or not. You already know that. When I was in the military, I was in the 1st and 6th Infantry, they had us do the dumbest thing. Cook chicken for two or three minutes and had us eat it raw. It was a manhood thing. We were sick for weeks. But because it was part of the tradition, 
We accepted that. Now, that was something that we knew we was doing. It wasn't like we did it every day. I didn't go out there and eat raw chicken every day. But, hey, I was in the infantry. I was supply in the infantry battalion. Everybody else did it. The other tradition did. But I can tell you to get high after that was like nothing you've ever seen. We had a ball. But we were sick for weeks. I'm serious. I don't know why. We young men. We 18, 20, 21. We do stupid things. But what God is talking about here is not this here thing that we did for fun. He's talking about don't initially do. But yet, can I say this? Don't join no cult. <laughs> you know, listen. Stop being around arrogant people. Let's start building up love. 1 Corinthians 7 and 12. 1 Corinthians 7 and 12. It simply just says, but in order to avoid sexual sins, each man should have his own wife. Each woman should have her own husband. Can I say this, ladies? If you a freak of the week, that's okay. But be the freak of the week with your husband. Be the freak of the week with one man. Look, if you're going to be a porn star, be a porn star for your husband. What you guys do behind closed doors, yes, it's couples conference time. It's only between you and that person. The world don't need to know. We don't need to care. I don't. Nobody should. But what God is just simply saying, to avoid all that other stuff, find a partner that likes what you like. And it's, that means you got to ask some questions. But sometimes when you ask those questions, especially when you're a woman, when you have a sexual discussion with somebody that you're trying to be in a relationship with, they're going to think differently of you. You need to pay attention to their eyes and their voice, what they're saying, and you will pick up on how they're going to respect you. Learn to live, to live, to learn. So listen, who... Are you being chose? What is choosing you? What have you chose? Can I close with this here? Choose the right man to lead you. How do you choose the right man to lead you? You just simply do the ABCs of life. You admit that you are a sinner. You believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you call on the name of Jesus. It's simple as the ABCs. I'm not the man to choose. I'm just the man to help you fellowship and help guide you to the kingdom of God. I do a few other things, but that's not my job. Choose the right man to lead you. How do you choose that right man to lead you? It's simple. It's the ABCs of life. It's not no rocket sign. I'm not finna hand you no tools. I'm not finna hand you no uh, instruction guide. I'm not finna hand you no video. I'm not finna hand you no pamphlet. All I'm gonna say is it's simply the ABC. Admit that you are some. Believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and simply just call on the name of Jesus Christ. Call Jesus. Name. Call him. Call him. And watch what he'll do in your life. I can promise you. I know church people. Get, I, when I say this, I get idiots. All Jesus Christ don't care nothing about that butt light you drinking. I promise you he don't. 
What he cares about is when you don't pray to him. What he cares about is when you don't talk to him. What he cares about when you don't have a relationship with him. Jesus Christ can care less about that blunt you smoking. That blunt ain't going to keep you from going to heaven. What's going to keep you from having eternal life is you don't know God. You know that blunt more. You know God. There's a problem. But you know God more. You know that blunt. There's a sacrifice. Come on now. Can we get there? Choose the right man to lead you. Would you do that? Would you do it? Listen, I'm going to say this person. Do it for me. Do it because I love you. But more importantly, you're going to find out you're doing it because Jesus loves you. See, a lot of us, we have questions on why Jesus can't love us. Jesus don't have no question on why he can love you. He just knows he can love you. He wants to love you. He needs to love you. But better yet, Jesus knows he died for your love. And you turned your love away. So listen, as we leave this place once again, if God lays it on your heart, please support Queen City Biker Church. You can go to our cash app, uh, capital letters QCBCCLT. Listen, come back Wednesday at 7 a.m. for Straight Talk with the Q. We're going to be talking about being disrespected. That's the title. Being disrespected. We're really going to be talking about in your organization. You, I'm going to you know, say, hey, you are a doctor. But when you get with your club, yeah, you like to turn a few of them up. You get a little staggered, a little wobbly every now and again. But you got that club. Man, I never let that blankety blank operate on me. And he ain't drunk when he's operating, but he's out here with you now. And you violating his essence. We're going to talk about that. So, man, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we thank you for allowing us to stand before you on this this Sunday. We thank you for allowing us to just call your name. We thank you for allowing us to talk about Paul and Peter and John and Jane. God, we thank you for allowing us to just be the church that you call us to be, to guide us, to continue to take us in direction that we have no idea that we're going, but we know that we're being followed. Sometimes we sit back when people say we should be moving, but if we don't feel the move of God, we stay quiet. We ask in Queen City Bike Church to simply be a vessel for our community. To show us how to love and be loved. To show us how to teach and to be taught. To show us how to give and receive. Receive and give. But everything we do, we do because Jesus Christ simply came to this earth. Jesus Christ gave his life to this earth. Jesus Christ loved us enough. His father left his son on this earth to die before our eyes so that we can be glorified in the heavens. And for this, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we want to say amen, amen, and amen.